Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast here. And uh, yeah, it's been a crazy, hectic, busy week out there with all these earnings coming in. And if you haven't mentioned AI on your earnings call, are you even a company? I, I don't know. That's That seems to be the other town. But uh, yeah, so we've got lots to cover. But first off, if you are here, please make sure that you subscribe and share uh, so you don't miss any uh, future episodes here for me. And uh, so we can get that ball rolling so we can get more people joining the chat over there on Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Uh, so yeah, man, we've got uh, we've got tons and tons of news. We've got some things that look like they were going to just be a moonshot, and then they kind of fizzled out, and some of them just went crazy wild uh, after reporting this week. So we're going to try to cover all these different stocks. Uh, ultimately, uh, what they're doing, what they're changing, and really what's working out there. So uh, thank you guys again for for joining me. And uh, I guess we'll just start off with uh, with Amazon. Uh, and this one, man, when they actually had their earnings call, things just went nuts. It looked like they were going to be off to the races. Uh, I believe after hours, what was it, Thursday, I believe it is, uh, they went up about, what, 13 14% immediately. Just, uh, man, they said everything was, was killing it for the most part. Uh, advertising was looking good. Sales were looking good. And as they went on, they said, yeah, maybe some consumers are looking for some cheaper items. Maybe they're uh, holding off some of these discretionary purchases. Uh, maybe some of this uh, AWS growth that we saw and actually beat this quarter is going to be slowing. Uh, so there's a lot of fear around uh, these outlooks. We've seen that time and time again, where they have great earnings, great calls, and then that outlook just kind of fizzles away as uh, you know a couple things get said. So uh, they are really jumping on that AI theme. Uh, I think that is the common trend of this earnings uh, season has been really just saying anything AI, language models, building a, a network uh, that's going to really um, devour going forward. That is really one of the things that they were uh, pointing at. So they uh, are actually taking some capital uh, from fulfillment and transportation costs and gener or, uh, moving that towards regenerative AI. Uh, so they're kind of cutting in some areas to go ahead and spend on that AI budget. So ultimately, we will see where that goes going forward. Uh, and they've been investing in large language models for years. That is what they are saying here. So um, again, yeah, they're looking for value. Uh, consumers are looking for value and putting off some purchases. But uh, their advertising unit is still seeing strong growth. Um, and they've, yeah, they also said consumers are shifting to lower price uh, items. But uh, yeah, so they extended their losses after hours down about 2%. Uh, they closed on Friday at $105, uh, even on extended hours. Let's look at the five-day, though. Let's see ultimately where this thing went and uh, where we can kind of go from here. Uh, like I said, their uh, AWS brought in revenue of $21.4 billion, which was 16% up year over year above expectations of 14% growth. And well, uh, we did spike up to about $120 
on the 27th after that earnings call. And then the next day we opened up down around 105. So really a rocky roller coaster for Amazon. I am still very bullish on this one. I don't think that uh, a lot of these problems are going to be long term. Uh, I think that they are still going to have that strong growth. I still think that they're going to do the AI. I still think that they're pushing in the right areas. And uh, the consumer problems right now are, I believe, short-lived. I don't think we're going away from Amazon. They might be you know, pinching pennies here and there, but I don't think that's long-term. So I think that uh, them pulling back to that 105 level is really a gift to us. Um, so I will probably be adding to this one. And uh, a lot of their things really were, were outshined by some of the forecast. And the, the forecast really wasn't that bad. Uh, not really to give away $15 worth of uh, share price simply overnight, just on the fact that, you know, AWS might not be growing at that same rate. And uh, yeah, but you still had the, a, uh, the advertising was still doing well. Sales weren't hateful. And uh, overall, I still think it is a monster of a company that is underpriced right now. So this one currently has about a hundred and uh, well, the average price target is about 137.62. That's from 37 different analysts, about 30 and a half percent of upside. And uh, let's take a look at what some of those price targets were this week. Um, man, all of them look like buy ratings coming in that I am seeing. Uh, Wedbush, Loop Capital, Roth, MKM, Oppenheimer, Monis, uh, all coming in between 129 and 140. And if I go to the next page, and these were all on the 28th, so they're all recent. Uh, also on the 28th, we had price targets. The uh, next page was 130 to 165 from high that I'm seeing is from Goldman. So we definitely got some upside here. Uh, I think even on that low end, the lowest I'm seeing is in that 120 range. And uh, currently I'm thinking that this one is undervalued. And uh, as we can see, these uh, these earnings certainly play a big role in what that stock price is going to do. And that outlook is going to make a, a massive move in really what is going on out there in the way of that share price. So uh, again, when you are looking at these stocks, sometimes it's really hard to play them before the earnings. Uh, sometimes you might want to nibble before the earnings just in case they do get this 15% spike like uh, what Meta did. But uh, at the same time, you might want to do uh, have that information and then go ahead and make a smarter choice after the fact, because if it goes to that other direction and you lose 15 percent overnight, uh, you know, you want to make sure you have some more cash to put in uh, to be able to buy that dip. You don't want to uh, just simply get caught not knowing what those earnings numbers are going to be, went all in before the earnings call, and then you just get pummeled. Uh, it's nice when it works out in your favor. But uh, even like I said, with a good good earnings report. That doesn't simply mean we're going to the moon if that forecast is looking weak. So take all that with a grain of salt when you are trying to invest in some different names here. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll shoot back over to, uh, to Meta. Let's take a look here. This one, I believe this one came out Wednesday. And um, man, this one was just like a rocket ship after hours. So I believe we were up about 14%. And uh, man, we still got about 12% of upside from 48 analysts that are covering Meta. Average price target around 269.50. And uh, all buy ratings here as well. I'm seeing them up into the 310 range, uh, as low as a, a hold at 220. There's only one 220 I'm seeing on here from Cowan & Co. Still a little bearish, I guess. We're, we're not uh, so sold on uh, what, what Meta or Facebook is doing over there. But uh, yeah, Citigroup 315, JP Morgan. 
305, Oppenheimer 285, and currently we are sitting at 240. So a good amount of upside from some big names. And uh, I think there's a there's still a, a low price on here in the last three months of 110. So that one's probably pushing about three months ago. Uh, but I mean, be- remember, start of the year, this one was what? Uh, let's go back to that. I don't want to get this wrong. This one has been a massive run up in uh, in this short amount of time. So let's see what we got here. Let's go back to the year-to-date chart. And uh, where are we? My computer is being slow. Go figure. I should probably be using two screens here and having it uh, on the other screen so I don't have to use the one that I'm recording on. Currently, we still got a PE of about 29.6. When I am looking at the year-to-date, though, the five-day, yeah, we had a nice gap up there after earnings. And uh, beginning of the year, man, we were down around that 120 mark. So we have about doubled on Meta in, you know, four months. This has been a a just monumental run for them. Um, I even said, you know, back in, I guess, around November, looking at that low of $88, that this one was way underpriced. Yes, they had some problems. Yes, they were spending uh, on that metaverse. They were talking about spending $39 billion of CapEx on the metaverse that would ultimately seem like it was going to be a mistake. They got punished for that. Zuckerberg was getting you know flamed left and right about his uh, ideas and plans, and this was the wrong way to go. And uh, ultimately kind of retraced those steps, decided to put some more money back into the advertising business, and uh, it has really done well for for Meta in this short amount of time. So, um, you know, sometimes people think that crypto's uh, volatile. You, you know, you look at a name like Meta down at eighty eight in uh, November, and now we're sitting at two forty. We about tripled uh, since that low. And I mean, you just think, man, uh, crypto's not so bad after all. But um, what do we got here? We've got. Uh, I want to get back over to some reports as to what was going on for Facebook. Let's uh I think my my news might be a little further back here. Okay, yeah, so they've uh, they've combined their advertising product, their business messaging and commerce departments into one division, which is a, a broader effort to reduce the ranks of middle management across the company. So they're trying to scale back. They're trying to keep those costs low and in check, which ultimately was not what we were hearing in November. We were looking to spend more and have more uh, money going out the door. And uh, so they're, they're kind of getting that under control. They are really focusing on the business that they have. They haven't talked so much about this metaverse idea. And uh, that really has helped them as well. So, uh, yes, they changed their name to Meta. And uh, I, it almost feels like a backpedal. But they are focusing on that core business. Um, so, again, man, this one's this is a tough call. I still think that this one's going higher. Uh, I have... I do hold this long in my portfolio. I think we've got some in the uh, investing challenge portfolio over there on Weeble. But um, for me, I'm not really looking to go crazy on this one right now. As the fact that I I do believe it, uh, well, one, I already have a good amount in my portfolio. And uh, so, so from that standpoint, I don't really want to average up. If this one cools back down, I might be looking to buy it then. Uh, let's see. And, uh, meta I'm looking for FB on my portfolio and it's not there. So yeah, I really don't want to average up. That's one of the things here is, uh, you know, I don't, I really don't want to have an outsized portfolio position in meta that I have to now add more money to. So it's already, uh, probably in the top 20 names for me. 
and uh, simply just not one that I really want to add to at this point. I would go ahead and add uh, at a lower price point, but uh, simply not right here. So I think that time to buy was back in uh, November, December, even early January, February, when people were really running away from it left and right. They were still making a ton of money back then, but the the narrative around it was scary to a lot of investors. So they ran for the hills. And uh, if you were really bullish in this one, I think that was the time to add. So for me, it's a hold. Uh, if it does cool off, I would probably add some more, knowing that they've kind of got things back in check. Uh, what else are they saying here? We've got, uh, they are looking to hire again later this year um, after they complete the recent round of layoffs. And um, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I want this one to cool down. I don't know that I am, uh, I'm not against it by any stretch. Like I said, it is a uh, good chunk of my portfolio. Eh, it's about 3% of my portfolio, but I try to keep my position sizes under about 5%. So um, yeah, it, it's right up there with some of the top positions in my uh, in my list here. But uh, what else we got? We've got uh, Kathy Wood and ARK Invest buying about 190,000 shares of Tesla. And that was on the 26th. Uh, 26th. So uh, they are still bullish on that one. And uh, it looks like we are too. On the uh, Let It Grow Investing group on Facebook for the poll for this week, we are going to be adding Tesla for the investing challenge for week 18. Now, we did have uh, five other names or four other names rather. Uh, we had Verizon. We had XYLD that covered call ETF. We had Altria, which just paid me some dividends this morning. And uh, those got reinvested into more Altria shares to you know get more of that 8% uh, dividend coming back into the portfolio and uh, also Disney. So I definitely like Tesla here. Kathy Wood's right on board with me. Uh, I know there's a lot of mixed emotions about her uh, plan. Was she a one hit wonder? You know, the, the pandemic was really her time to shine and now it's kind of fizzled. Uh, I still think there's a lot of great names in that portfolio. And if you're looking for growth, you can certainly look for some of these ETFs that do cover all these growth names to be able to buy uh, a mixture of things without doing as much research. You're kind of letting their team do a lot of the research for you. Uh, I'm still bullish on uh, Verizon. I still think that they are undervalued. I still think that they're fairly safe. You've got uh, that 7% dividend to, to help you out there. And um, XYLD, man, that one really is uh, interesting to me. Having about a 12% uh, dividend yield on a covered call ETF where you don't have to write the covered calls. You simply invest into XYLD. They write the covered calls. You get the dividends. Uh, they are, I, I think I forgot to mention this. This is very important with XYLD. It is not taxed as dividend income. It is taxed as uh, regular income. So if you have this one in a, a regular uh, e uh, regular portfolio, not a tax uh, deferred portfolio, you're going to be paying uh, regular income on these dividends that are paid to you. So I would try to keep this one in a IRA or a 401k in order to get out of paying some of these high uh, income taxes on XYLD. It will be taxed at a lower rate for you. Um, well, actually it won't be taxed in, uh, in a tax deferred account. But uh, if you have a another um, stock, say uh, Altria or MO, you, you've got uh, taxed at uh, your dividend income rate, which is in the teens rather than your you know your regular income rate. So it would be taxed higher. Uh, so I would try to put it in a, a tax sheltered account for those reasons. But um, yeah, so Tesla, I, I definitely like this one here. 
I definitely think that we picked a good one here. Uh, the, the fact that it has traded down, it did hit in that 150 range. That's really where I was looking to add to this. Uh, it has moved up uh, fairly nicely on Friday, about two and a half percent. Got us out of that uh, that 150 range. We're back in the 160s, but I still like this one long term. So it's definitely on the list of names that I want to add to. Uh, it's definitely one of my top five names that I have in my portfolio. We've got about 22.7% of upside on this one right now, and I'm definitely bullish on it. So uh, going forward, what else do we got? We've got, uh, well, Jim Cramer said on NVIDIA, you know, go ahead and own it. Don't trade it. And it is the backbone of AI. And this is, I believe the best performing S&P 500 stock of this quarter. And uh, let me just double check that. I know I got a list here somewhere about the best names so far that have reported. And where are we? I will try to find this one. But yeah, so NVIDIA. I mean, we we definitely have seen a massive uh, move on NVIDIA too. Remember last uh, year, start of 22, we were looking to buy NVIDIA for the investing challenge. It was trading in the low $300 range. And then we we just got penalized for this one. It went all the way down to, well, on the one-year chart, we went down to about 108. And uh, man, this one has just really rallied back. We are now at 277.95. And uh, this one is really looking strong and uh, right in that spot where it needs to be. Uh, so we we got punished on the fact that uh, you know crypto was slowing. We didn't need a lot of these processors for crypto mining we didn't need it for uh you know the fact that they were overproduced no one was really spending on these chips and then ai comes out chat gpt comes out and uh everyone needs nvidia chips again so they are just uh you know flying out the door we can't keep up with production and uh man i think we were probably short-sighted to not be adding more of this uh, i know i did in my portfolio i know i did in my ira but uh, even on the investing challenge we couldn't really get a group of people to go ahead and vote for this one as it came down so rapidly. And uh, I really would have liked to have added more to this one, uh, you know, throughout the year in order to really dollar cost average down or average down on this one and really be able to add more shares at that, uh, that lower price. And say, if we got it, uh, you know, around that 150 mark, we would have cut our cost basis in half from uh, that $300 price point. We would have been averaged at 225 instead of at 300. So we're still currently down on this, but if we simply would have added at, you know, even not not perfectly at the low of 108 and we added at that 150 either on the way down or on the way back up, we still would be in a better spot right now. So this is why I, I definitely preach dollar cost averaging, not throwing all your money in at once and simply trying to, you know, really pick some names that you're bullish on and and kind of go long-term on them. Keep buying into them. Know that they are great companies. Do your research ahead of time and and really just kind of keep that uh, that trickle going into buying more shares. Uh, that's definitely more possible on Webull if you've got a smaller amount of money. Say you want to put in $50 uh, you know, a week, a month, a quarter, whatever that number is. You can do that over there instead of buying uh, you know, full shares on some of the different brokerages. I know E-Trade does not allow for fractional share purchases. But uh, Webull will. So that is definitely one thing where we can uh, add in smaller increments over there versus buying on um, uh, simply on like E-Trade. So uh, that is definitely something that I, I wish we would have done more of. And uh, actually, you know what? I was wrong. 
Facebook. Facebook or Meta is the uh, the number one performing stock in the S&P so far in 2023. They are up 99.7%. Uh, this is as uh, yeah, this is as of this morning. Nvidia up 89.9%. Uh, what else we got? Uh, General Electric actually up 51%. Believe it or not, that one is a, a quiet quiet uh, winner right now. I, I haven't seen this one. I really don't pay attention to it. Uh, Salesforce up 49.6. Chipotle up 49%. One that I didn't think was going to be doing too good was Pulte Group, which is a home builder. They're up 47.5%. That one in the interest rates is really surprising to me. Uh, they probably got traded down too hard as uh, a lot of these things, a lot of these rate hikes were going in last fall. And, uh, you know, they, they're kind of coming back up. So I definitely thought that uh, by the end of the year, these things would be coming back up to where we could buy them when they're down. I did not think that we would uh, really miss it. Uh, simply in here in April by not buying it sooner. So that one is already off to the races. Uh, Wind Resorts, 38.6% higher. And uh, that's a lot on those. Uh, the, the China lockdowns have really been lifted. There's a lot of uh, gaming going on in Macau. And I think that uh, a lot of that money is coming back to win. Uh, I don't even know if they have any uh, other than Win, maybe Encore, I think they might have sold some of that though. I'm not, I'm not 100 certain on that one. I don't follow that too closely on the Las Vegas side, but uh, no, it's Las Vegas Sands. I believe they sold out of all their names in Las Vegas, and they own a lot in uh, Macau anymore. But uh, yeah, MGM still up 34. percent We've got that one in the investing challenge. AMD up 30, 38 percent. So a lot of these names that really did trade down didn't really deserve to be there. Uh, I think we saw that, you know, start of the year. I was, you know, week one. That was what I bought, even without a, um, without a poll that week. What I was uh, going out and buying was QQQ, and that was to get all these stocks that were on a discount. And uh, I really didn't think that they deserved to be there. Actually, sorry, that was week two QQQ. Week one was VOO, uh, S and P five hundred index. And uh, I still stand by those decisions. I still think that those were good picks at that point to buy the the ETF. And buy that index, uh, you know, week one, when I thought that all of them were undervalued, I thought that was going to be a good way to go. So um, definitely, I still look to dollar cost average in. Uh, what else we got? We've got uh, Caterpillar came out and beat on EPS and revenue. We had uh, MPW. I believe that they had double misses, but I believe that they rallied. Uh, let's double check this one. Um, some of this is, is definitely tricky. Uh, I know that they sold off some of those, uh, the Australian properties. Uh, they did keep the dividend the same, which was definitely good to see. That was a, a big problem for MPW was a lot of the fact that people thought that the dividend was going to get cut. And it is currently a 13.6% dividend. On the 27th, this one went from $8 to about $8.75. So a nice rally there for MPW. Uh, granted, I'm still underwater on this thing. I know a lot of you guys are too. But um, keeping that dividend the same and selling off some of these properties uh, and really getting some more cash on the balance sheet and getting out of some of that debt is really going to help them going forward. And um, let's see, what do we got here? A lot of different lawsuits that uh, they make you known or make you aware of them on, on the news side here on E-Trade. Uh, I think a lot of that is uh, scare tactics in a lot of way that this is the headline. Uh, so I definitely read through them, but uh, I try not to get too wrapped up into that because 
I mean, they can definitely uh, kind of blindside you sometimes if you look at that and you don't really read the news of what's going on out there. Um, what do we got? They sold off the Prime Healthcare Group. Uh, uh, no, they're and they're going to repurchase three hospitals in Kansas and Texas in the third quarter for roughly a hundred million. Uh, so they're still doing that. They're they're trying to you know get out of that uh, that Australian uh, health scope portfolio for one point two billion dollars Australian. Uh, I don't know what that translates to in U.S. dollars, uh, but they are repaying the company's Australian term loan. Uh, so they declared a regular quarterly dividend of twenty nine cents per share of common stock, and that is to be paid on July thirteenth. Uh, and you have to be holding that stock on June 15th, ex-dividend date of June 15th in order to receive that payment. So definitely look at that. Uh, and if you are trying to buy for a dividend, I try to buy a little bit before that ex-dividend date because normally that stock is going to run up into that ex-dividend date. People are going to be buying for that dividend and then simply selling afterwards. So it will you know, average back down. So if you're trying to do a dividend capture, uh, it's definitely difficult. It's hard to really do that and outpace your taxes that you would have to pay on these to buy in, get the dev dividend, and then sell back out of the position because a lot of other people are going to be doing that too. So you're going to see this uh, this share price normally correct that same price that the dividend is on that given uh, around that time frame. So if it's eight seventy seven now, it's coming down thirty cents. Uh, you know, you'd be looking at eight forty seven after that ex dividend date. If that uh, you know makes sense. It, I'm trying to explain it kind of surface level, but it's pretty self-explanatory that after that dividend's paid, there's there's less interest and people are going to sell off uh, that that share price and make it drop back down to uh, 30 cents less or 29 cents less in this uh, case. So MPW, I'm still, uh, I, I like the fact that they're selling off some of this property. I like the fact that they're adding more back in for a, uh, I think a cheaper price. I'm not sure about that exchange rate here. But um, yeah, we've still got a strong dividend. They are still uh, you know, keeping that dividend into the next payment. And I, I think that uh, they're, they're really trying to keep that dividend strong going forward. So they're making some moves. There's definitely been a lot of fear around it. We're still trying to wait and see. Uh, I haven't seen if the, uh, the properties that weren't paying their rent payments have actually made those payments or are up to date. But uh, that is definitely something to look at too before you go ahead and get into MPW. And really trying to know that that is going to be a safe stock going forward. So again, on something like this, high dividend, I would try to put it in a tax deferred account, uh, IRA, 401k, to where you don't have these, these high uh, dividend incomes where you're getting taxed heavy on the amount that you're um, receiving in the share, uh, in the way of dividends per share. So that's what I got there. Uh, MasterCard. That is another one that had uh, earnings this week. And man, this is a long list. I probably won't get through all of them. We're just trying to cover the ones that we talk about regularly. They had a uh, a double beat here, right? We had MasterCard beat shows households are spending more on travel. Uh, and that also is helping some other travel stocks. I know Booking.com was one of those ones that was in the top, uh, you know, probably 25 names in the S&P 500 that really had outshined this uh, first quarter. And uh, what else we got here? We've got, uh, yes, definitely some sticker shock if you're looking to travel. Just trying to read through this real quick. And um, yeah, we've got Delta at a 52-week, closer to its 52-week low. United closer to that 52-week low. 
Uh, air travel is back with a vengeance, but so are operators' costs tied to fuel, labor, and more. Definitely true. Uh, but yeah, MasterCard, I am still, still very bullish on these card companies. Really the big three, American Express, MasterCard, Visa. And uh, it is trading near that 52-week high. So 390 was the high back in January on the 24th. We are sitting at 381. We were at 276 back in October. So we are closer to that high. I definitely think that these companies are still going to just be generating cash left and right. Whether the, the economy is good or bad, uh, people are still going to be swiping these credit cards, uh, buying online, looking to build uh, you know vacation packages, everything that uh, they are involved in, I think they are going to still do very well. So about 13.5% upside from here. And uh, all buy ratings on the 28th from what I am seeing. And uh, price targets between 400 and 442. And as I said, we're at 380. So we definitely got some upside left on this one. And it is still one that I would be looking to buy. Now, some of these healthcare stocks, we had a little bit mixed picture here on Bristol Myers, BMY. And uh, I think we had a, a beat and a miss. Let me let me double check that. Uh, yep. Q1 profit beats while revenue falls slightly short of estimates. So uh, I still think that these are going to be safer. Um you know, uh, against some of these tech companies that are going to be volatile. I said they are, you know, sometimes worse than crypto and people don't want to look at it like that. Uh, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum got to be the most crazy plays out there. But then you see, uh, you know, Meta and Video run up, you know, they double in in a quarter. So I still think that Bristol Myers, Eli Lilly are still going to be great stocks. You're still going to be getting about a 3.3% dividend, PE of 19.6. And uh, overall, I think that they are going to be solid plays. But um, I think a lot of people really piled into some of these uh, healthcare names, thinking that we we're going to be safe. And then uh, ultimately, a little bit of a miss can send these down uh, pretty pretty quickly. So we had uh, start of the year around uh, $72.50 roughly. And now we're sitting at $66. So again, a lot of people piled in when uh, tech was uh, weak at the beginning of the year. And then ultimately, these are kind of trading off as people are looking to get more gains out of uh, tech stocks. So they're selling out. So we've also got uh, Eli Lilly uh, looking like they are getting a little rich on the valuation. I still think that they are a solid company. They are still doing some great things over there. But uh, overall, uh, just getting a little out of reach for me. We are currently sitting at 395 uh, 86 up about five dollars and 51 cents on Friday, uh, 1.4 percent. And uh, they did have a double beat, so they uh, they did get traded higher on this one. But um, for me, uh, we've got a PE of about 62. That quarterly dividend, the starting yield is only about 1.6 percent. So, uh, I think that we're probably at some point going to get a uh, PE multiple correction back down to earth. Uh, we're going to see this dividend rise. Uh, as far as the yield percent. So I would rather see getting into Eli Lilly around a 2% dividend. And uh, when we actually have some upside from some analysts here. Uh, so when I look over at the analyst tab, we currently have 18 analysts saying that there's about a 0.84% uh, share price downside on Eli Lilly, ticker LLY. Um, so uh, definitely got uh, a couple people saying we could get uh, you know well into the fours. Uh, Four eighty five is currently the street high. We do have a low price of around two seventy. So there is more uh, people saying that there is downside left on this name rather than upside. Uh, but 
Uh, currently, we got uh, this week we had four buy ratings and one hold rating. And um, for me, it's just not something that I would really dump a lot of money into right now. Uh, I would let this one cool for sure. And I do think that there's other um, healthcare names that make more sense going forward. So I would certainly take a look at those. But um, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of a, well, actually, no, we got one more. Uh, forgot about uh, old Southwest Airlines, which had some problems last week with some uh, flight delays with those firewall problems that they are claiming. And uh, overall, this one is still a no for me. I just don't see it. Uh, so they they fell on a Q1 top and bottom line miss. Uh, so uh, still a lot of a lot of misses, a lot of problems here. Yes, there's more demand for air travel, but they just can't seem to get it right. So they reported a net loss of 159 million, uh, adjusted per share loss of 27 cents, uh, compared with a net loss of 278 million. Or, or an adjusted per share loss of thirty-two cents uh, in the year in the prior year's quarter. Uh, so expecting twenty-three cent loss. Uh, their revenue did grow about twenty-one point six percent year over year to five point seven one billion, but was below the fact set uh, consensus of five point seven three billion. So revenue is growing, but uh, ultimately they are losing more money. So uh, again, it definitely makes it hard for me to think that uh, you know, even in good times when people are you know really flocking to the, some of these travel names, some of these travel stocks, that they can't get it together to make that money and really recoup some of these losses during the uh, the pandemic. So for me, it's a no. I would much rather be in uh, a lot of other names. I'd probably rather be in Airbnb. I'd rather be in a lot of the credit card companies. Uh, I, I'd probably rather be in Expedia. I haven't looked at that one, but uh, the, the air travel just seems really tricky to me right now to know what is going on going forward. And uh, it's just not a spot where I want to be. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to discuss some uh, investing challenge stocks. We're going to see where I do want to be. And uh, ultimately, you guys can vote and let me know what you think about these names. And if you got some names that you want to see, or got some questions, feel free to drop some uh, some comments as to what names you're really looking at and where you guys want to be investing. I'd really love to know. So um, with that being said, I will be uh, right back. All right. We are back here on the podcast. So uh, if you need some help getting started, I do have links in the description to get you going. Uh, we've got uh, crypto.com, Binance, Webull, and E-Trade. Uh, so Definitely got some good offers over there on Webull for fractional shares. Put in a, you know as little as a dollar starting account, and you get uh, free fractional shares just for joining. So that one is uh, that's a no brainer. That's uh, just free money every time you uh, create an account. Uh, so if you've uh, got one, go ahead and and start another one for a spouse, a family member, whatever, uh, and you know really try to maximize those uh, free shares that you're getting. So. Uh, yeah, we've got, uh, I did miss a couple things on this, uh, this earnings report here. So we've got, uh, what else did we not cover? We did not cover Caterpillar. That is one that, uh, I think a lot of people thought were really going to slow down, but they did, uh, pretty well this, uh, this first quarter here in the, uh, in the year. So we are currently sitting at, uh, 218.80 up about 447 on Friday alone. Uh, the PE is still very, very modest at a 15 times. Uh, I know a lot of people think, hey, if we're going to have a slowdown, you don't want to be buying some heavy equipment makers. Uh, you know, it's going to be really hard for them to make money if no one's building anything, no one's mining anything. But uh, 
I think in a lot of that mining business, you know, the lithium mining, the uh, everything that's going on out there, Caterpillar is uh, definitely needed for a lot of the new things that are out there. Now, it might be, um, you know, kind of hard going forward. I'm not too sure on that, but I, I do think that they had a, a solid quarter. They're a solid company. We've kind of got mixed uh, reports uh, from around the world as, to, as far as what uh, Caterpillar um, is looking like. Uh, it says they turn lower despite biggest earnings beat in two years. So again, even with the earnings beat doesn't mean you're off to the races. Uh, there are some problems from around the world. And uh, it's not just uh, you know smooth sailing just because they had one great earnings report. So I definitely wanted to bring that up. Uh, what else we got? We've got, um, I know we talked, uh, we talked MasterCard. And what's going on over there with Apple? Let's take a look at them. I know they started... Uh, building out some new things. They really want to uh, develop some more AI with Siri and um, their, their earnings are going to be on the fourth. So that'll be on Thursday. So we're definitely curious to see what's going to happen there. They are sitting near a yearly high at 169.59. And um, I don't know, it's going to take a lot to move this one, but if they come out and they've got a lot of good things to say, they have a decent uh, earnings with a better forecast. I think that this one could set new highs. There is only about 3% of upside on Apple right now for a average price target of 174.85. So not much room to go according to 28 uh, different ranked analysts, but um, one that I think you could probably just buy and uh, sit back and, and relax. So uh, definitely one that's going to be a little bit safer. They've got enough cash to do really whatever they want. Um, you know, if they want to build a car, they're going to do that. If they want to, you know, have a streaming service they're they're going to build that out. So uh, they, they've got plenty of options with the amount of cash that Apple has. Uh, we also had earnings from Chevron. Let's see what the oil uh, stocks are looking like. Uh, we are at 168.58 on Chevron. We did have a bit of a trade down on uh, the 28th early morning. I guess that was Friday. And uh, then we moved up fairly nicely throughout the day. So where are we? They uh, Exxon and Chevron profits are robust, even as oil prices drop. So apparently we've still got enough demand to uh, sell oil cheaper and still make some money. Uh, so what do we got? They posted between Exxon and Chevron, they posted $18 billion in four, first quarter profits, showing resilience even as oil and natural gas prices declined. Uh, so, yeah, they rocketed towards record earnings last year as energy prices soared. We know that. Russia and Ukraine problems. Uh, what else we got? They still pocketed hefty earnings that beat analysts' expectations. Exxon's quarterly net income of $11.4 billion and Chevron's uh, $6.6 billion more than doubled their quarterly averages for the past 10 years. Uh, so that is uh, pretty solid on some of these uh, these downbeaten oil prices out there. So, um, you know, it looks like they can still make money even when things are a little bit cheaper. And I know that uh, that oil price number on crude was about $70 where they said they really have to have that to make money. And when it went over 100, everyone thought it was going to be going to, to 150 a barrel. It never did that. And ultimately, they cut production. Uh, so they, they brought the uh, the prices back down. And um, I still think that these are great stocks. Uh, Chevron, you got a PE of about 9.1 with a quarterly dividend of 3.6. Let's take a look at uh, Exxon. So, um, yeah, that PE could come down maybe a little bit, but I definitely think that uh, you're in a pretty safe territory with uh, a lower PE and a solid dividend, one that they have been increasing for years. Uh, PE on Exxon is 8.8. .8. 
and the quarterly dividend is a 3.1. So um, you're getting that dividend. You're getting some safety by that to that low PE. You're not paying much now for the future growth of these companies. Uh, about 9.5% upside on Exxon. And what do we got on Chevron? Let's take a look here. About 13%. So um, yeah, I mean, high single digits, low double digits with that three point, you know, something dividend on both. Uh, I think you can uh, you can buy these and sleep easy. That's kind of where I'm at. And, uh, you know, you buy a little bit of oil, a little bit of um, some of these healthcare stocks that uh, are doing OK. And, uh, you know, buy a little bit of technology and move move some money around. I think you're good having a, a nice mixture. Set yourself up with some dividends, set yourself up with some growth and uh, really have a strong port portfolio that can kind of weather whatever we get uh, thrown at us. But uh, yeah, so as I said, tomorrow I'm going to be buying Tesla. Thank you guys for voting on that one on the Let It Grow Investing Challenge on Facebook. And uh, I'm putting $200 a week of my own money into this portfolio to show you guys really what dollar cost averaging through a down market, through uh, you know you know rough cycles per uh, each company, what it really can do for the uh, for the year, for uh, you know a couple of years, and simply $200 a week. Uh, it's looking like you know a little bit over $20,000 invested over two years. So even if it does trade kind of sideways, you've still made that commitment to save 20 grand in two years. Uh, where I know that uh, that takes a lot of um, you know really resilience, knowing that you're buying into a market that could be trading down. But uh, I think it's better than going out and you know spending it on something and having nothing to show for at the uh, the end of that two years. Uh, you know, simply buying a Starbucks coffee when you could be buying the stock. And uh, if you followed along with us, you'd be up 41% on Starbucks. So that's the point of this. You know, you're simply averaging into the market. You're putting some money aside. And, uh, you know, I would love to see these doing better. But um, like I said, you know, 2022 was rough for us and we did have some uh, some big losers. But uh, that being said, uh, part of the theme today is going to be buying stocks that are cheaper uh, than when we originally bought them. We're going to dollar cost average into some of them. And we're really going to try to bring down some of these averages and get more shares and uh, increase our dividend income on some of these names. So that's kind of uh, some of what I looked at. Not all, but uh, definitely stocks that have shown some different things through earnings and uh, just some, some bright spots that I think we might have going forward. So uh, without further ado, stock number one this week, is going to be Amazon. Oh man, we already covered this one. They had great numbers on advertising. They had a great quarter. They had uh, you know a little well, we beat on AWS on the the web services side of things year over year. Uh, that sixteen percent growth. They said that that might be slowing a little bit. That hurt the outlook. That uh, you know definitely hurt where we were trading from that uh, that peak of one twenty after hours when they reported down to you know 105.45 right now. But as I said, that is an opportunity for me to buy this one cheaper. And I am going to do that. Regardless if you guys pick this one or not, I'm looking to buy more Amazon. So that is definitely on my radar going forward. And uh, that being said, it is already a larger position in my portfolio. Uh, when I say that, let's take a look at what that um, uh, the, the percent of my portfolio that Amazon is. Uh, it is 3.67% currently. Um, so it, it's a, it's a bigger position in my portfolio. I think Apple is probably number one. 
Let's take a look at that real quick. Yeah, Apple is number one at 5%. So that is pretty much at that peak of where I want it to be. Microsoft's a number two at 4.19. AbbVie, number three. Google, number four. Amazon, number five in my portfolio. But I am willing to add to it right now in order to get uh, you know some of this discount that I don't think is going to last forever. So that is number one for me is going to be Amazon for uh, week 19. No particular order, but that is, uh, that's going to be number one on the week. So number two uh, is going to be MPW. And man, I, I know that this one is not foolproof right now. I know that we've got some problems, uh, but them selling off some of that uh, Australian healthcare, uh, health scope business in order to get some money back and then buying those uh, properties in Texas and Arkansas, I believe it was for about a hundred million. Um, that definitely shows me that they are looking to uh, streamline their business, kind of uh, you know narrow some of the properties that they have and really focus on making more money. They are committed to that dividend. We're still at 13.6%. Uh, so I definitely like that. I definitely like that we are uh, committed to that. We're really trying to focus on the, the business that works and get rid of the ones that aren't working. If it's out of their scope, they're trying to uh, to get it off the books and, and get out of some of that debt. So that is, uh, that's going to be number two for me is MPW. And uh, yeah, we've got about 13.6% of uh, quarterly dividend. And let's check uh, the analyst research and see what that share upside is. And that is at 36.8. Uh, so 36.8 on MPW with a 13.6% dividend. Man, we're, uh, we're right around 50% with that dividend income included. And uh, let, me, uh, let me check what Amazon is doing right now. And uh, we got about 30.5% of upside uh, on that one. So uh, number three, moving right along here, is going to be Google. Now, uh, I definitely think that Microsoft is off to the races on, on AI. But um, let's, uh, let's take a look here at Google. So when it comes to Google, I really think that uh, YouTube is still going to be a great thing for them. They are generating tons of cash from them. Uh, the advertising business is still going to be strong. They are just really trying to figure out how to navigate adding AI and having that um, um, that Google search business really remain strong. So I think once we get that figured out, the, uh, the money that they're going to be generating from AI and Google search is really going to propel them forward. Uh, I really don't think that... Um, you know, Microsoft is simply just going to run off to the races with AI by themselves. I think there's going to really be some other people that are really adding uh, AI into their platforms in order to generate some more cash. Uh, so that is definitely the trend of this quarter. It is definitely the way that people are looking to make money. And uh, I don't think that Google is going to be left behind for long. And they will figure out a platform and a way to do this that makes sense for them. So their PE is currently at 23.9. Uh, it is a buy rated from uh, from most analysts that I have seen, and I, I do think that this one is going to uh, just continue to uh, to tick up from here. So even on the low side, we've got about seven percent of upside uh, for a low price target of one fifteen. The high is sitting at uh, about one sixty, so that's about forty nine percent of upside from here. The average being about twenty percent of upside from thirty one different analysts going forward. And uh, like I said, most of them that I am seeing are all buy ratings in the past week since uh, since reporting. And uh, I do think that we are getting a discount on Google going forward. So um, where are we on the, the Webull portfolio here for Google? 
Uh, we are positive here. So we are up about one and a half percent since we added this. Uh, looks like we've added this one a few times, but I still think that this is a solid purchase. I know we added it back in week eight and um, I'm sure we added it a couple times last year, but I am still bullish on this name. And uh, long term, I still think that it is going to be a winner. So I am really uh, interested to add Google uh, going forward from here. So uh, next up is going to be uh, number four for the week, which is going to be Plug Power. Uh, we've added this one before, and uh, this one has gotten punished on, ah, man, a lot, a lot of different growth problems, a lot of different uh, things go that are really some in their control, some out of their control. But ultimately, this is going to be a hydrogen stock that uh, is really in that growth period. We're really trying to navigate these waters. Uh, it's kind of mixed out there when you're looking at um, some of the uh, buy sell side stuff. And we've got uh, we've got some sell ratings. We've got some buy ratings. But uh, overall, it looks like people want this one to move up, um, you know, very strong. So we've got, um, yeah, they are a provider of hydrogen fuel cell turnkey solutions. They provide electrolyzers that allow customers such as refineries, producers of chemical steel, fertilizer and commercial refueling stations to generate hydrogen on site. So uh, if you think that is a, a possible way for the world to really work, uh, this one has traded down substantially. So it is sitting at a $9 uh, per share right now. I know we voted for this one before and uh, it has gotten punished. I believe we are down around 71% on this stock. But um, with that being said, the current uh, analyst recommendation, recommendations on this one, 19 analysts are saying that we have about 177% of upside on plug power. So my thought here is if we put in uh, $200, we're getting around, what, another 21, 22 shares on plug power. And uh, we're definitely going to average down. We're going to cut our cost basis significantly. Uh, our current cost basis is 26 bucks. So we are going to be cutting that down significantly here. And um, we're going to be able to uh, buy some more shares, average down, and also really be there for any kind of, uh, you know, really moves higher that I, I think we might be able to see when uh, when things really start to, to grow for plug power. So that is going to be uh, number four on the week. And uh, I, th I think it could definitely uh, do some great things for us as a long term growth stock going forward. I don't think it's going to be an overnight success story, but I do think it's got some gains, uh, you know, in, in the near future. So number five. Um, this one, we're, we're looking back at banking stocks. And uh, this one, I'm still looking to add into Bank of America. Uh, so ticker BAC, we have uh, a price right now at 29.25. So it's moved up a little bit from where we bought it. Uh, where did we buy this? Um, you know, maybe I was just buying it. I don't know that we bought it for the uh, investing challenge. So uh, I know we do own some for the investing challenge, but I think it uh, was purchased probably last year. So I was buying this one in the the twenty seven dollars range. Oh uh, yeah, our our cost uh, basis on this in the investing challenge is thirty six thirty five. So we would be averaging down. Uh, we would be able to buy some more shares at a discount to where we were before. We've got uh, a PE of about nine times. We've got a quarterly dividend of three percent and uh, analyst research. We've got um, 
what do we got here? About 24 and a quarter percent of upside on Bank of America stock. So, uh, you know, add the dividend back in and we're, we're close to 27 and a half percent of, uh, of upside on, on Bank of America stock. They've got a lot of money coming in. The, uh, the amount of people that have pulled out of some of these smaller regional banks and gone into these, uh, these large banks is uh, just astounding right now. So I do think that, um, um, you know, pending any craziness in the banking industry that uh, in, in the tier one stocks, uh, I think that this one is going to do just fine going forward. You know, fast forward six months to a year, and I think that a lot of this will be blown over, and the uh, the tier one banking stocks will be, uh, you know, in a much better spot with a lot more capital capital under management at that point in time. So, uh, yeah, that's the five that I got for you guys this week. We've got Amazon, AMZN, MPW for uh, Medical Properties Trust, Google. Uh, which or Alphabet, which is going to be ticker G O O G L. Plug Power ticker is P L U G, and Bank of America, which is B A C. So please get over there to uh, uh, Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Get your votes in for one of these five for Week 19. I will be buying Tesla stock today on on Monday as this is coming out, and um, that's what I got for you guys this week. So please uh, get your votes in. And uh, let me know what stocks you're interested in seeing on uh, week 20. So uh, take care and uh, be safe out there. And I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan. Uh, design your portfolio and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.